Okay, so this sicha uh, is about Perakyur Aleph, Halacha base, which is about Ari Miklut. So Simon base Nitzchis Haftachas Agula. So Sifa Aleph from the sicha. Cause of Rambam Melchas Malach. So first he quotes uh, quotes the words of the Rambam. Melach Mashiach Chasid Lamed. This we all know already. Lamed Alachzer Malchus Beis Davar Liyesh Navochula Vuchom Mishena Mamed Bayishem Mishena. So if anyone that doesn't believe in or doesn't eagerly await Mashiach, he's not only denying the rest of the prophets, but also because the Teira itself in the Chumash, it testifies as the coming of Mashiach. Yeah. That's the first proof from Parshas Nitzavim. Ve'elu advarim mufarashim b'teirai heim keilim kol advarim shnemer al adei kol adabim. So these words, which are explicitly talking about Mashiach, they include all the words of all the prophets. Ah, then a second proof. Avim Parshas Bilam nemer b'sham nibe b'shnei Mashiachim, and also in Parshas Bilam. It speaks about and prophesizes about the two Mashiachs, from the first Mashiach, David Amalek, and the second Mashiach, who will come from his offspring. And it brings all the Psukim there and then explains which ones go on Dov and which ones go on Melech then the next Allah Allah base, the Ram continues also in the Ari Miklet, it says, It says that when Hashem expands your boundaries, you're going to add three other cities. That's what it says in Chumash. And this never happened, says the Rambam. And Hashem does not give any commandment for no reason. We'll come back to this Hara 4 as a very crucial harder, but we'll come back to first learn This is still the words of the Ramallah base, but the words of the prophets don't need any proof. All over the Navi it's full of talk about Mashiach. What is missing from the first two proofs? The first two proofs. That he has to add another proof of Arimiklat. Okay, so the Rebbe is going to quote. He answered this sikh already. He answered this in the previous sikha, but then the Rebbe is going to go further. He's going to build on that. But first he goes over what he did in the sikha we learned uh, last, uh, previously. Moving first of all, why do we need two? That we understand. So he wants to talk about the belief in Melech HaMashiach, the person. That in addition to the obligation to believe in general in the idea of Gula, that Hashem will redeem the Yidin, which however he does it, in addition to that, there's a separate uh, part of this that you have to believe in Melech HaMashiach. With all the particulars, the details of all of uh, what he um, represents and what he does, that it says in this paragraph. Anyone that doesn't believe in him, meaning Mashiach, 
and that's why the whole lengthy explanation with all the different psukim. And all the psukim hint to the various uh, things that Melech Mashiach is going to do and all of his qualities. And they, therefore we're required, in a, it's part of our amunah to believe, and that is explained elsewhere, and that was the first sikh of Barmachos. So if the second raya speaks about Mashiach, why not just the second raya? Why do you need the first one? Not only it's not enough, the second raya, but it's only the second one. The Ram brings it second, showing that there's a mile of the first one. Over here, the Rambam is not only trying to bring proofs, that it says in Tera about Mashiach's coming, He's trying to prove that the person that doesn't believe in him is a kafir in Tera, because the Tera testifies as the coming of Mashiach. How do we know that the Dorkech of Miyankim means Dovan Amelech? That's a Pirush. Doesn't say that in Chumash. How do you know that this these psukim for sure go on 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 on, on Mashiach? Shagam a kever be pirusha v'uteder shabalpeh u'bchal kever b'teder. Okay, it's true that if you go against the teder shabalpeh, you also kever b'teder. Elo elu advarim avfurashim b'teder. The Ram wants to prove that it says explicitly in teder. Vilu nevuas bilam nemra b'derech moshel v'chida. You can't say that the nevuah bilam is said explicitly because it was said b'derech moshel. Said like a in a in a hint. You can't say that this is explicit in the Torah. But the first proof, those psukim, it says, uh, it says, Befeirish. You know, out of 10, the Rebbe points out that according to Eben Ezra, on the Pasuk, he says, these psukim don't talk about Mashiach. All the psukim talk about David HaMelech. So Eben Ezra obviously is not a kefir betera. Okay, he just mefarish that it doesn't talk about Mashiach, it only talks about David HaMelech. Okay, so it's the Maila, the first proof that it's explicit, but it doesn't say about Mashiach, that's a chzor. And the second one is about Mashiach, clearly, but it's not explicit. But we need to understand why it is, what's added throughout the Miklat. And uh, the, both of these questions that I've asked before, why do you need the third raya? And why is it put in a second halacha? So you look at Hara 12, you have the Haras here or no? Um, you have it? So um, in Hara 12, I won't learn it inside right now, but. Um, I'll skip the article. Let's go further. Sorry. 
So first of all, the Rebbe says that there's a very fundamental point that this adds that the first two don't have. So we're going to have to add in days of Mashiach. The Ram says, that in the days of Mashiach, we'll add on another three. That it becomes a mitzvah shabbatayra. And that is the nukuda of this whole sicha. He, he, the, the Rebbe added in the, in the last week's sicha, he answered the question because all the other 612 mitzvahs we did already. But six, fully, Masha'en came. Or the mikvah we never did fully, so therefore it's a different category of shleimus teira mitzvahs. So we learn from the other proof that you for shleimus teira mitzvahs, but it's just shleimus teira mitzvahs the way it was in the days of David. Here it's something which is more in the days of David. That's what the Rebbe added over there. But over here the Rebbe adds something which is really a totally different look. Not only an inyan from Mashiach, but but bechalal, it's very revolutionary. This whole thing, huh? Oh, I should, and and there also. Yeah. No, he puts from other sechus. No, no, we'll learn from here. Learn from the original. I wonder if they printed that or this. But it gives them out of muck, no? I've never returned to the thing a few times, so you put it, there should be Ham Shekhinah, but uh, we'll learn the original section. Okay, so let me just give a little Hagdom. There's things that it says in Tera that we're not sure if they meant literally or there's a marshal. It says, we well, God is So we, we, we learned before that Ambim says it's a marshal. A person that says this is not meant literally, it's only a mushroom. He's a kafir. He's not a kafir. He believes in the Torah, but he says this thing in Torah is only a mushroom. It comes in Nevoah. Is, 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 is it for sure going to happen in Nevoah? There's such a thing as a Nevoah that doesn't become fulfilled. Yena went to Ninveh and he went to seven Nevoah and it didn't happen. So we see that when it comes to Torah Bechlal, and even Navua, that there are conditions whether it's for real or it's not for real. The only thing that we have in Teda that for sure is meant literally and there's absolutely no, I don't know, called wiggle room, there's no way to dray out of it any such way is Mitzvah Shabbat A Mitzvah Shabbat must be taken literally. There's no other way to understand it. So therefore, this that it says in Parshas Netzavim, Shabbat Hashem Shvuscha, and this is, it says in Parshas Bilam, different divorce. It's not in this, uh, we didn't get the booklets, so you have to look over here. It's a totally different category than Yifam Mitzvahs. So being some Mashiach, for sure, it's not for sure. There's, so sure, yeah, for, for sure that if the Navi said it, and if it says in Tater, for sure it's going to be. But could somebody claim that maybe it's only meant Baruchni, or somebody on the line only a Marshal? And, and a person says that, is it Kafir? Maybe he's wrong. Oh, just in time. Just in time. 
There's a tremendous fundamental difference between the, the, this proof and the first two. So it becomes a, one of the conditions of a mitzvah shabbatera. Saying that it's a mitzvah shabbatera makes it incomparably stronger than b'chav that it says in tera. The first two proofs that Rambam brings that it says in Chumash about Mashiach are not mitzvah shabbatera. The, the mitzvah of Miklid is, is, is a mitzvah of the tera. It's one of the Tariyag mitzvahs. And the fact that it's mitzvah, a mitzvah shabbatera puts it in a whole different category. That's the Nakud that is and the Rebbe is going to explain what's so different about Mitzvah Shabbatayah. Klaima. Avo Bishenyan Agula, see the Mephorish Batayram, even though it's true that the, the Gula is explicitly spoken about in Tayram, Varambam, Pirishamishnayas, Mona, Muna Bazab, Bainik, and the Rambam, when he lists the Yudgim Alikri, Muna accounts his belief in Mashiach as one of the thirteen, Mikol Mokam, ain't the Chelech me Mitzvah Satayram. It's not a mitzvah of the Teira to believe in the coming of Mashiach. We don't find anywhere that there's such a mitzvah. That you're commanded to believe. The Ramam says it in the negative. If you don't believe, you're a kafir. But he doesn't say it's a mitzvah to believe. Then I was going to explain why. Not now. But let's talk about the, the difference. It's not, that's not a mitzvah. It's just since it's explicitly stated in Teirah, if you don't believe, then you're the heretic, and you're, you're going against Teirah. Because you can't fulfill this mitzvah without Mashiach. Validation, so what happens? And it became part of Mitzvah Teira. So what? So therefore, it has the same strength, the belief of Mashiach has the same strength as Mitzvah, which ends up being even stronger than Nevoah. The Rebbe is going to explain. The Rambam says, the beginning of Mishnah Teira, that it's explicitly stated that the that the the mitzvahs exist forever and ever. There's no change. You can't take away from them. You can't add to them. That means a commandment of the Torah. As the Rambam continues, recall that everything in the Torah we're commanded to do forever. So too he writes in Hilchas Malachim at the end of the story of Rabbi Kiva the main thing is as follows So 
So that this Taira hits Chukim and Mishpatim Dafka, the mitzvahs are forever and ever. Vain Mesifan man. You can't add and you can't subtract. This part was censored out in some of the versions. Whoever adds or subtracts, shall So if he adds, subtracts, or get gilaponim b'teira means he gives a new uh, interpretation of what it says in the teira, and he takes the mitzvahs mipshutan, that the mitzvahs are not meant literally, which was what all of the religions that Ram speaks about. Afterwards, in Christianity and Islam, they say, okay, yeah, we also hold from the five books of Moses. But it doesn't mean what it says. It's not a man the, the, the pshat. So it said, anybody that does it, they understand. The, that's why they took it out, you know, because they, they knew what Rambo was talking about. So therefore, since Mashiach is part of a mitzvah, the mitzvah of Miklat, the cities of refuge, so since it's a mitzvah forever, and you can't change it, so there can't be any change whatsoever in this promise from Mashiach. The commandment was not for nothing. The Rambam means to stress that even Shazel Winyan shall mitzvah tziva kadosh baruch Since it's a mitzvah, how does a mechayev she efshel liyashinah chaser sholem bezet? It's impossible there can be any change in this. He lay tziva kadosh baruch hu l'tei. The Shem did not command for no reason. What time do we stop? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Okay. So the Rebbe, in order to explain precisely what what he means, contrasts. The lack of change. Tayyid in general, you're not allowed to change. So what's so special about a mitzvah? So the Rebbe is going to contrast the unchangeability of a mitzvah in comparison with the rest of the rest of uh, other parts of the Tayyid. Gimel Yasebib. For more explanation. Regarding promises that Hashem communicated through a prophet. There are certain ways that it's possible there could be a change. When the prophet is told to say something bad is going to happen, it's possible it will become nullified. Why? The Rambam says that Hashem is very patient and he has a lot of kindness. And possible they'll do tshuva. So either Hashem will decide not to punish right away, or they'll do tshuva and the whole thing, they'll be forgiven. So therefore the Navi said, like we wrote the example of Yena, that he went and said that Nineveh is going to be destroyed, and then Nineveh didn't get destroyed. Why? Because they did tshuva. So what happens to the, to the prophecy? So it doesn't get fulfilled in actuality. So too, what about... That's if, that's if something negative was told to the Novi. Let's say the Novi said something positive is going to happen. So then it depends, did Hashem tell it privately to the Novi? Or did Hashem tell the Novi and then the Novi publicized it to Klal Yisrael? So, if it was only between Hashem and the Prophet, then it could be something. So, this starts a whole parsha 
which is very, very important and spoken about in the orders over here, but just in general. And this is a question people have, and the Rebbe handles this right over here, straight on. That we were promised that the ghoul is coming. No, even Yaakov Avinu was afraid. He was promised by Hashem. He said, Hashem yigra machet. Maybe I caused, uh, maybe as a result of my misdeeds, the promise uh, was taken away, and it's not going to be fulfilled. So is it possible that a nevuah l'tev, Hashem yigra machet. So, so obviously, l'gabi a mitzvah, Hashem yigra machet doesn't take away a mitzvah. But now he's talking about nevuah. So the cloud by nevuah is as follows. By a novi, how do you know whether a person's a Navi or not? So the Ram says, no, let's just say that Tere talks all about Navua. And he says that the Navi has to predict the future. He has to predict the future. So, uh, if, and if it uh, is borne out, if it happens, so then it's proven he's a Navi. Let's say uh, it doesn't happen. So then the Rambam says, if he says something bad was going to happen and it doesn't happen, it's no proof for anything. It's not a proof he is, it's not a proof he isn't. Just like Yaina said that the Nineveh is going to be destroyed. It didn't happen. It means he's not a Navi? No, it means the people did Tshuva. Let's say he came and said, gave a Navua Lateva. So a Navua Lateva that said publicly must be fulfilled. There's no such thing as Shem Yigra Machet. Because how are you ever going to know whether a person's a Navi or not? The only way we have of telling a person is a Navi if he predicts the future. So if the Navi is going to predict the future, and he's going to say something bad happens, so it's not a proof. Maybe the people did tshuva. That's why it didn't happen. Fine. Let's say the Navi says something's good going to happen. So maybe just like this way, that, that, that because they did tshuva, it was mavatlet. Maybe over here when he says something good's going to happen, the people did something bad, it was mavatlet. Maybe it works backwards. So the Rambam says, no, it doesn't work like that. It can't work the other way. Because otherwise, how are you ever going to tell somebody's a false Navi or a true Navi? Navi's going to come along. He's going to tell everybody that something good is going to happen. And then it's not going to happen. They're going to say, oh, you're a false Navi. He said, no. Go to Machet. You'll never have any way of telling whether a person is a Navi or not. So Shema Yigra Machet cannot possibly nullify a positive prophecy. But that's only when it was told to other people. If it was a positive Nevuah between Hashem and the Navi, then you could have Hashem and Machet. And that's what happened with Hashem and Yaakov Avinu. It was told privately, it wasn't established him as a Navi. So when it comes to Nevuah, so first of all, the Rebbe said there are certain times that it wouldn't be fulfilled. If it's a negative Nevuah, maybe it's not fulfilled the people did Tshuva. If it's a positive Nevuah, and the Rebbe said over there it's done privately, then it could be Shem Yigra Machet. Um, is that moving? So from this we understand that Nevuah is in a different category than Mitzvahs. We understand. Even when we know for sure this Nevuah is going to be fulfilled. How do we know for sure it's going to be fulfilled? Ram says in Hilchus, you say that data there. Shakol Dvarteva Shayigzarakel, a feel al Tanaya and a chazer. And when Hashem says something good's gonna happen, even if it's conditional, it's, 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 he's not gonna change his mind. Like he explained the Pirish Mishnayas, Pitch test. That when Hashem tells the Navi to promise people that Basura Teva, then for sure it's going to be fulfilled. It's not possible that a, a transgression could nullify it. So, so therefore, we have, say, two categories of Nevoah. 
a kind of nevuah that maybe won't be fulfilled. Either it was negative, and maybe the people did tshuva, or it was positive and private. Okay? And then we have another type of nevuah that's for sure going to be fulfilled. Okay? So when you look at that second type of nevuah that's for sure going to be fulfilled, and even a transgression, there's no Shem Yigna Machet, it's not because a promise through a Navi in essence can't change. Sometimes a promise through a Navi can yet change. Just this particular type won't change. It, Hashem promised there's not going to be a change. So it's going to be for sure. Like the Ram explains that you can't change it, it's almost as if, I mean, the, the Ram doesn't say these words, but it's like, it's like Hashem would want to change Shem Yigram Machet, but then, then he's, he's going to do away with the whole union of Nevoah. You're not going to know whether the Bechal is such a person as a Novi. So therefore, Nevoah and Mitzvahs are in two different categories. The Nevoah, even when we're sure it's going to be fulfilled, it's not because Be'etzim Nevoah is something that can't change. Some Nevoahs do change. Not, but the but Torah itself in the mitzvahs is different. It's not bechal in the whole category that it could change. It's impossible. Like it says in pasuk, I Hashem don't change. It's not possible that Hashem could change. That's Hashem's wisdom and that's Hashem's will. It's not possible. It's in the category of something that could change. I mean, this is a niglasik that Rabbi does bring. That the Tater and Hashem are one. So just like Hashem doesn't change, the Tater can't change. From this we understand the promise of Geulah, the Avshel Yesav Tochel Tate. That even though it was a promise to the Navi, something good's going to happen. And something that Hashem promised people through the Navi about something good that's going to happen. That it should be nullified through an Aveda. Like we said before. And Ba'idzes. You know, skip the brackets. We'll come back to that second. Go down to the six line, two, four, six, seven lines down after the brackets. We'll come back to it in a second. Nevertheless, this that we're sure it's going to be fulfilled. It's only because the definition of which way the Nebuah came. But when we know, like Ari Mikla, it's part of a mitzvah v'teirah. It's not possible, the whole idea that a mitzvah should come bottle, that does not exist. It's the Bechal, it's in a whole different category than Nebuah. Nebuah sometimes yes, sometimes not. But even the case, it won't change, but still, it's, it's, it's this condition, that condition, you have to get down to the problem. It's not the Nebuah Betzim can't change. Rebbe adds in the bracket, go back to the top of the page. What are you worried about? Shem Yigra Machet? Like is, there's no problem with Shem Yigra Machet. 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 Shem
That we promised at the end of Gaulus that you're not going to do tshuva. So what's kind of yigram achet? We're going to do tshuva anyway. You don't have to worry about this whole thing. We promised this itself that we're not going to be the yigram achet. We're not going to be in such a matzah. And even though the Rebbe spoke, and even the first Sikha, the Rebbe spoke about the, basically the same two questions, but the Rebbe gives a much deeper answer, the additional shlav, and another answer here in the Sikha. The three proofs that Amman brought that it says in Tereshe Beksav about Mashiach, and the first two proofs he brings in Allah Aleph, the proof from Parshas Nitzavim, and then the proof from Parshas Bilam. And then the third proof, Mari Miklid, he brings in a separate halacha, halacha base. So the Rebbe asks, why is it in a separate halacha? But it's either to put it all together. And what's unique about Ari Miklat? So then the, the Rebbe explained over there that what was unique about Ari Miklat is that it's the only mitzvah that was never, ever, even the days of Davon and Melech, was never done completely. Um, because it says that the, there'll be an additional uh, three lands. Can't he of God made? He's gonna to have to make another three Arimikla. That's what the Rebbe said in the first sicha. Um, that's the main reason why it's a, it's a whole different type of proof. Yeah, it's that page. It's on the bottom left, so you can make it bigger. Yeah, the the, the left hand column, Dalit. <clears throat> in this sicha, the Rebbe brought another, brought the same the, the same basic questions. The Rebbe explains that since it's a mitzvah Shabbatayda, it has a different type of nitzchias to it. That a mitzvah of the Tata can never be changed. That just like Aniyah that Hashem doesn't change, his Ratzin also doesn't change. So this is one of the mitzvahs. By making it a mitzvah, belief in the coming of Mashiach is not a mitzvah. That explains why it's not included in the mitzvahs. It's one of the Yud Gimel Ikriya but it doesn't have the nitzchis of a mitzvah. That a mitzvah has a special nitzchis to it, that it cannot be changed. And it's even in a certain way has an advantage over Nevoah. That Nevoah, you have to look into the particular details of the Nevoah. Sometimes the Nevoah is, yeah, going to for sure be uh, fulfilled, and sometimes the Nevoah not. Maybe it'll be a Nevoah uh, uh, for something bad to happen, and the people do tshuva. So even though the Nevoah by Mashiach is a Nevoah Latev, and it was publicized, there is no chance of Shem Yigra Machet, and then not being fulfilled, but nevertheless, if it's in the category of Nevoah, it's in the category of something that's shaykh to change. Masha'enke, and the idea of a mitzvah is not bachal begeder shinui. That's what the Rebbe um, explained uh, so far. Okay, Sivdali. El shalachayr adayin yesh makam l'shayla. But we still can ask a question. Harei haklal shal nitzchus ha-teira hu b'chol chelka ha-teira. This idea that the teira is eternal and doesn't change is in all parts of the Torah. And especially you're talking about something in Chumash. Like the Rambam writes, then the Hilchas Megillah, that the Chumash will never ever become bottled. So if it's in Chumash, for sure it's forever. So now we're back to the original question. The first two proofs were also brought in Chumash, and the Chumash is also eternal. So what's the Maila of the third proof? You want to tell me because it's Nitzchi? But the other first two proofs are also written in Chumash. So they're also Nitzchi. So it already says from the two, first two proofs 
that it that it speaks about Mashiach in in Chumash. Kvar Chalal ze gather nitzchus shachumish chum shatera. Mani teizu bezali deizesh who gam prat be mitzvah me mitzvah satera. What's added by this that it becomes mitzvah the tater in addition to chumish? Veishleimus. The Rebbe explains. Up till now, the Rebbe explained the maila of a of a mitzvah over nevuah. That was up till the end of Siv Gimel. Now the Rebbe explains the maila of mitzvahs atayra over other parts of the tater, even over chumish. Veishleimus. Ki yesh chiluk ikri ben anitchus shabe mitzvahs atayra la anitchus shabe sharchel katera shabeksar. That there's a fundamental difference between the nitzchias of mitzvahs and the nitzchias of the rest of the teira, even if it's a chumash. B'shar chelka teira. No other parts of teira. Efshe shenyan a nitzchis behem yiskayim leikipshute. Ela b'teichnam haruchni. That other parts of teira, even though they're eternal, but it doesn't mean they're necessarily literal. It might be fulfilled on a spiritual level. For example, the various stories that are in Tere Shebek Sav, Shanitzchia Shebehem. Next page. The Rambam explains in Perak HaChelek that, that there's amazing Chachma. What's eternal about all the stories in Chumash Bereshis? <coughs> it happened, Madahava Haba. But the, the Rambam explains that the lessons from it are forever, so it, therefore it applies eternally. They happened already, so what do I mean it's eternal? It happened, it's not eternal, it happened in the past. But the lessons we learn from it, Baruchnius, are eternal. But when you have a mitzvah, the teda, that's a, something different. It's forever. There's no way you can take away, there's no way you can add. Literal fulfillment of them is forever and ever. You see, when the Rebbe explains things, you look back on Lashon Rambam, and it's like the words jump off the page. You see, the Rebbe is he says over here in this in this part over here that anybody that 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 uh, that takes the mitzvahs of Tera from the Poshta Pshat. Okay? Other parts of the Tera you can take out of their Poshta Pshat. Like the stories in Tera, the way they're eternal is not the Poshta Pshat. We don't have uh, camels running around with Eliezer and Avram. But the Bhaira Ruchnis applies. Mashenki mitzvah said the Rambam says mitzvah satirus mipshutam. Yeah? The Rakasharaimara mitzvah satira shain and kipshutam. Yeshalov gathers at the Badoy Rosh of Apakatis. Only when he takes the mitzvah satir and says you don't apply literally, then he's talking apicatus. Kiyazu kefer be a saint, shall nitzya satira. Mashenkin Krishna mitzvah shara mikrois mid pshutam ain't a love gathers. If he takes something else in Chumash and says it doesn't apply, if it's not, if it's a mitzvah, it must be kipshute. And if he denies that, he's an applicator. But it's another part of Tehidah and says it doesn't mean literally. It means only tzaremes. He's not He might be wrong, it doesn't make an applicator. Just like it is by the stories of Tehidah, that Tehidah is not meant kipshute. 
so too when it comes to the promises that are written in Tatum. So even though Hashem promises us something in Tatum, so it says, Befeirish and Tera, that Hashem promises through Meshur Rabbeinu that He's going to bring us back a Golis. Shekiyumen Bepeil Toli Baif and Avtachal Lefiat Tanoim Vegedorim Shepirshu Bechazal. And this be fulfilled the way Chazal tells us. Ve'im Nichtav Avtachal Bli Tanoim Eila Einavat Vadesh Diskaim Lefi Pshuti Dafke. It all depends on how the Chazal explain what does it mean? Does it mean kipshute? Or does it not mean kipshute? Because Matzina befeirish a klal shavtochas hakadosh baruch hu efshe shleitis kam bepeil mipnei shem yigram achet chal gamal avtochas mivorshet b'teira. We find this idea of shem yigram achet that maybe there's a promise which is brought that something good is going to happen just by a novi. We see sometimes it won't be fulfilled because shem yigram achet. We see Yaakov Vinu was afraid shem yigram achet even though shem promised him all these good things are going to happen. So we know if it's a bad thing that the navi was told, so maybe the the even the even the goyim laughed they'll do tshuva and it's not going to happen. But if it's something positive, so then all you have to look was it said privately or was said publicly? If it's said publicly, it has to be fulfilled. It was said privately lavdafka, privately lavdafka. Then maybe shem yigram achet. So then it goes further. There could be something written befeirish and teira. Yeah, and, and also the same problem could still apply. Kedisa bebreise. Kol tzobi abreise. Kemar abrachas m'sen hedren. Ad yavor amcha Hashem, ad yavor amzukonisa. So it speaks over there by the Shira. Twice it says, ad yavor amcha Hashem. That Hashem is going to bring your people over. So ad yavor amcha Hashem zubiyarishena. Shabu Allah Eretz meyashur Hashem. So the first time it says, ad yavor amcha Hashem, that's when the Yidin came into Eretz Yisrael in the days of Yeshua. And that's talking about the second time they came in. That we see from this that the Yidin, it should have been miracles when they came back to Eretz Yisrael in the days of Ezra, as in the days of Yeshua. But because of the chet, the miracles didn't happen when they came back from Golis Bavel. L'cheinus, the Rebbe asks, let's think about this Gemara a second. Ki even shabtocha zuam zukanisa nichtavu b'teira shabiksav. Leif nezman de b'yashniya. So it was written in the days of Meshur Rabbeinu. And there's a premise, Ad Yavram Chashem, that just like you're going to have miracles in the days of Yeshua, Ad Yavram Zukanisa, you're going to have miracles in the days of Ezra. And it was avtocha, it was a premise from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it was Latev. And Tera can't change. How's it possible? Didn't get fulfilled. The Rebbe says this forces us to say This concept of Nitzchah Satera, that it must be literal forever and ever, doesn't apply to Pirush Psukim, only to Mitzvahs. Himzah Bagashmis, or Baruchnis, Bcholeifen, or Batanai. Maybe it's on condition, maybe it's not on condition, maybe it's only Baruchnis, maybe it's not Bagashmis. Vizah Chidish Binyoneinus, that's what the Chidish of Aram Miklat, Shakiv and Shabtachas Agolah, who prat me Mitzvahs Aram Miklat. Chalalah Gedur Nitzchah's Mitzvahs Satera. So that's the Chidish of Aram Miklat that then became. A mitzvah the Torah shall Aleph Muchrul Eskayim Bapashus of Bagashmias. It must be fulfilled literally Bagashmias and based by even Shain Shaykh Bazeshinikana. Was the first in the code that did not Shaykh Bachalnish. It's a fake. 
So now, the Rebbe goes back to answer the original question, what is this third proof, the, u- the uniqueness of the third proof of Mordem It's not just that Rebbe wants to bring another proof, so he brings a third proof. The Rebbe wants to add something new, how serious it is when somebody doesn't believe in Mashiach. In addition to the fact that the person is rejecting the Teira, because it says in Chomesh, but now he has, he has another problem too. Because now he's subtracting one of the mitzvahs of the Teira. He's saying that this part of, of the mitzvah of is not going to be fulfilled. Because he's going against mitzvah That's why the Rambam brought in a separate Allah. The first two proofs are just to say that he's rejecting Teira because it says a Chumash. But over here, it's not just going against Chumash. It's coming to him to something addition, additional that he's now subtracting from the mitzvah satayra. So what, he makes it a worse kefir? He's already a kefir anyway, if he denies what it says in Chumash. But he has, it's so important to, to, to stress that he becomes an additional kefir. The Rebbe says there's a practical nafka. The Rebbe very often does this. You want to clarify something? Is there any difference between these two things? The Rebbe says, yeah. The Rebbe says, yeah. What would be the din? You have somebody, he says, yeah. The Tater promised that uh, the Mashiach is coming, but I hold that it's bottled now. Hashem Taka promised it, but I hold that because of the Chet, it became bottled. Okay, just like in the days of Ezra, it was promised, and because of the Matzav, it didn't get fulfilled. So he holds like that for Mashiach also. I said, I'll tonight, and the tonight bottle. Let's say a person holds that. So the Rambam says the person is a kafer if he's going against Mashiach. But now the person is not kafer, but it doesn't say in Teira. He agrees it says in Teira. But he holds it out tonight. This guy's not going against it. He agrees it says in Teira, Meshach Rabbeinu. He agrees it says in Chamisha Chum Shetera. But he holds just like there are other things in Chamisha Chum Shetera that are out tonight. He holds this is also tonight. There's we have to know is he Kafir Shetera Shabbat Pev if he says such a thing. But he agrees that it says in Teira Shabbat But he says it was out tonight. Such a person is a kefir. You can't say such a person is a kefir, the Rebbe says. He's made a mistake. That doesn't make him a kefir. 
Avotivan Shagula, he prat together the mitzvah but because of our Miklat. Now he's not only being kefir in Tera Bachal, he's being kefir in one of the mitzvahs of the Tera. Shahi, mitzvah, medis, leilim, alami, alamim. So that you can't say that it's not going to be fulfilled. Mitzvah Satera for sure must be literal and always going to be fulfilled. That makes it that it's impossible for the Abish to have charata by making a mitzvah Satera. Then the person because it says that this mitzvah is going to be fulfilled, and the mitzvahs must be always fulfilled, and they have to be Pasha Bagash. So if he says it was Al Tanai, what do you mean it's Al Tanai? We don't have to put on tefillin anymore because of uh, because we're outside of Israel, somebody makes up such a thing. It's for sure a cave. Let's say he says that all of this is Baruchnis. I believe all of these things it says. Okay? It all says in Chumash, it's Mamish Halik. It's very holy. But it means it's Baruchnis. The guy says, I think it means all spiritual. There are many things in Tayyip that it means only the Ruchnis. He says it's true what it says in Tayyip. He says it doesn't mean literally. It says, Ain't So Lachura is being kafir in that. A guy that doesn't believe in Ain Mikri Yisim Bebshut is a kafir. He's making a mistake. Does that make him a kafir? Sorachim, the says. He taken the mitzvahs of Tere after the, out of their pshat. There are many, you say this to Kaharas over here, it's the heart of 42, that brings down there's that day in the Gemara that, that hill said, Yeah. Because he held Shemad so he brings down over the whole discussion with the Chassam Sefer and later on over there and says then that it's Paskin there. But it says that today that like Hill is an Apicatus Taka. It's Taka and Apicatus. Because then it, would, it, hadn't, it hadn't been Paskin. We're holding at the end of the second Sikha of the Devar Malchus, Sivvav and Siv Zayin. Uh, the main part of the Sikha has already, to a certain extent, been completed. And uh, it's basically about the proof the Rambam brings for Ori Miklat, that we see that Mashiach has spoken about in the written Teda, from the fact that we'll have an additional three lands and then an additional three cities of refuge which are designated in the days of Mashiach. And Hashem does not give a mitzvah, does not give a commandment for no reason. So therefore we see that it's part of the mitzvahs that there must be a Mesa Mashiach. And the Rambam explained that this has a uniqueness to it in comparison with the first two proofs. The first proof from Parshas Nitzavim, V'shav Hashem Malakach HaShavuzcha, so that it says explicitly that we'll come back from uh, from the exile. And then the prophecy of Bilam, Naren of Aliyata, that speaks about Dovin Melech and Mashiach, and it describes what is the actual function of Mashiach and what he will do. But prophecy, and even things in Teda, there is such a thing 
as a promise from HaKadosh Baruch Hu becoming nullified. Let's say the people sin. Shem Yigram Achet. We see Yaakov Avina was afraid that perhaps the promises that Hashem gave him had become nullified because of his uh, perhaps he had sinned and therefore it didn't apply anymore. So maybe the promise will never be fulfilled. And so too we have in prophecy, for example, maybe it'll be fulfilled only in the spiritual sense. And other ways in which, for lack of a better word, they'll say wiggle room, that to say that even though it says in Teda, that doesn't mean literally it's going to be fulfilled. Maybe, as the opinion is brought in the Gemara, that in the days of Chizkiyo, that was the chance for Mashiach to come, and once that passed, the Mashiach is not coming. So obviously the Teda, and as the Gemara says over there, rejects this, and the Chassam Sefer writes at length about it, the Rebbe brings in the footnotes. But in any case, we see that even something in Torah being 100% true, we have no doubt about it, but there are things in the Torah that are true, but they're given upon, in, upon condition. And if the condition is not fulfilled, so then the promise could be not fulfilled. We see regarding a prophet, that the prophecy which is given for something bad to happen, if the people do tshuva, then the prophecy will not take place. If something which is a prophecy which is given for good, and it's given privately and wasn't told in public, it's also possible it won't be fulfilled. When it's something which is positive and is told to the public, so then it's going to for sure be fulfilled. But we already see that when it comes to prophecy, that there's this category and there's another category. But when it comes to mitzvahs, there's no categories. Mitzvahs, there's no way whatsoever that they cannot be made in a literal sense. It must be in a literal sense, and it must be forever and ever. As the Rambam repeats a number of times in Perikyun Aleph, and this, the Rebbe explains the Arichas, the lengthy description that the Rambam gives, how important it is, this concept that the mitzvahs are forever and ever, and that's the main thing. So that is the uniqueness of the third proof, and in addition to what the Rebbe said in the, in the first Sikhan uh, Malchus, here it brings it in a more powerful um, way about the milas of mitzvahs over the other parts of Teda. And now, the Rebbe, towards the end, speaks about this, why does he need the other proofs? So, Sivva, By following this approach, we can explain another, uh, something about the wording of the Ramesh. That also in Parshas Bilam, it's, it was said, and there, and the Rebbe uh, underlined, and there he prophesied regarding the two Mashiachs, about David and Mashiach Tzidkenu. He writes the Derech Nevoah, of course it was a Nevoah. That was the whole story over there. Why does he have to write Vasham Nibah? I maybe because it was Bilam, you have to inform, the Rambam wants to inform us that it's something to be taken seriously. So the Rebbe says, very big deichik to say that. Because he said it was in Pasha's Bilam, he has to add that it was a prophecy. Because if not, maybe it's not true what Bilam said. He's not, not a Jewish prophet. It's obvious, since it was written in the Torah, so therefore the prophecy of Bilam is true. Okay, so why did the Rambam write these words of Hashem Nibbeh? With this, the Rambam wishes to point out an extra stringency regarding someone that doesn't believe in Mashiach. In addition to this, that he denies the Torah in Mashiach, 
there's a certain stringency which applies to someone that denies prophecy. That even though in general we say that the words of Teda itself are more strict than the words of the prophets, but there is one stringency that the words of a prophet have over even words that are written in Teda. When a person is punished for transgressing something in the Teda, so what kind of punishment do they get? So it depends if it's a strict uh, a transgression, they get a stricter punishment. And if it's a lighter one, a lighter punishment. That's not the case with somebody that transgresses the word of the Novi. The prophet told the person to do something. It doesn't matter what it is the Novi told him to do, and he didn't listen. Even the Novi said, Hashem spoke to me and said, you should eat this apple. Not a mitzvah to eat an apple. Even it's divrei reshus. He's subject to a heavenly death penalty. Why should there be such a thing? Just because the Navi told him and he didn't eat the apple, so he had a heavenly death penalty? Why do you have this severity? The Rebbe says the reason is as follows. Even though, like we said before, that the strength of the words of Teda itself are greater than the strength of the words of the prophets. Regarding the way the people perceive it, there's something which is stronger about the words of prophecy. What is prophecy? That Hashem gives prophecy in the mouths of human beings. That it's a type of uh, information that the Creator gives and puts in the hearts of human beings. And since this is Hashem's word being revealed to human beings, So therefore, regarding the way the people respond to it, so therefore there's a certain stringency to the words of a prophet over the words of Teir itself, because the whole idea of prophecy is to come down to the level of the people and give them prophecy. Because of this, when a person hears a commandment coming out of the mouth of the prophet, it's as if he heard this commandment coming out of the mouth of Hashem. Heard it directly from Hashem. So it doesn't matter what it was that was being commanded. If he doesn't do what the prophet tells him, then he's rebelling against the king. It doesn't matter what it was that he didn't do when the king told him to do it. And that's the chaymer in Nevoah, that it's as if Hashem is speaking directly to the person through the Navi. So there's a stringency to Nevoah too. Mizeh, moving. From this it's understood. So even though we might not have such a situation where it was said directly to the people. So we don't have the actual punishment per se. Bilam did not go over to the Jewish people and said, and said this prophecy to the people. So they're not, but nevertheless, we still see that there's a certain stringency to the words of a prophet. A person is not going to be punished if he didn't hear it directly from the prophet. And that's what the Rambam means and is alluding to with adding these two words, that Bilam said it as a prophecy. A person that doesn't believe in Malach HaMashiach, he also 
in addition to being able of the mitzvahs and he's being able of divrateda, he's also able of divrinavu. So then the Rebbe summarizes all three proofs. So with the three proofs that the Rambam brings, he teaches us and covers all areas of the Teresh. That the Gu'ula through Melech HaMashiach was said and written in all portions of the written Teresh. First of all, in the Teir itself, that we see in Parshas Nitzavim, Shav Hashem Alakecha, Kimaforish Parshas Nitzavim, V'kem b'nevuah shebeteira, Kimaforish b'parshas bilam, V'sheshom nibe, and so too regarding the prophecies of the Teir, V'hein b'mitzvah shebeteira, Kimaforish b'mitzvah sorry miklat, and so too, and that was the main point of this Sicha, the mitzvahs of Teir, as explained in the series of Revshut. So therefore, a person that doesn't believe in Mashiach is not only rebelling against the Teira, denying the Teira, he's also denying prophecy. He's also going against the mitzvahs of Teira. This lasts forever and ever. We still need an explanation. My time in Nivcha mitzvahs are miklat. Why out of all the 613 mitzvahs, the one mitzvah that was chosen to be the one that can only be fulfilled fully in the days of Mashiach was Ari Miklat. Why did Hashem pick this one to be the one to be only in Yemesa Mashiach? Fully. So the Rebbe answers as follows. What's the idea of a city of refuge? That if somebody killed another person, so the relative is called the Gael Hadam, and he might be chasing after him to kill him, but as long as he goes to the city of refuge, so then it's prohibited for him to touch him. He has to be brought to Bezden and so on. And just as we have this idea of a city of refuge in physical location, we have the six cities of refuge and another three in Yemesa Mashiach. Cain, Hu, Bizman. So too, there's an idea of city of refuge also in time. The time and space are intertwined. Hu, And what's the time which is called the city of refuge? The time of refuge, so to speak, is that time of Mashiach. There'll be no hunger, there'll be no war, there'll be no jealousy, no competition. There will be saved from all the negative things that happened in the days of exile of Yisrael. And the Jewish people will dwell comfortably on their land. And similarly, when it comes to spiritual uh, the spiritual sense of and especially according to the explanation the footnotes that Rebbe brings from the Arizal that who is the Geil Adam that's trying to, to, to kill the person it's the person's Yetzahara that the words of Teira save you. And that the person that killed somebody unintentionally, so it achieves an atonement for the person that he has to stay in that city of refuge and is not, not allowed to go home. So too, when it comes to the spiritual sense, that what's the idea 
of a person hating nefesh is talking about any type of, of transgression. Shall yod pagan benafsheh because when a person does a transgression, he makes a blemish in his soul. So in a certain sense, he's harming the soul. So it's called a hating nefesh in the spiritual sense. And then the words of Teda that the person learns achieve this atonement for his soul. And that's what happens to Mesa Mashiach. And that's the connection of this mitzvah to the coming of Mashiach. Because then it will be completed. The atonement of the Jewish people. In the second section of Malchus, footnote number four, there have been a number of people that have written about it, and I'm sure there's a lot more that's been written that I haven't seen, but I would just like to give some thoughts on it. So in the Sikha itself, the Rebbe is speaking about a Miklat, and the Rambam said, Let's see, Vakadosh Barchul Lateyu. Meilum Lahoya Dovrezer never happened that you aired on the three cities, and Hashem didn't give a commandment, Lateyu. So the Rebbe brings an order for the Gemoran Sanhedrin that says, Ben Seyru Meiran, Irain Dachas, Lahoya, Vale Osid Lies. That these two commandments, the idea of a ben seir meira, there are so many conditions that have to be fulfilled that it never happened and never will happen. So to irani dachas, a city that the the inhabitants all became idolaters, and you destroy the city also, uh, it didn't happen and it's not going to happen in the future. El dreish v'kabuschar, the Gemara says, but you uh, learn it and you receive reward for learning it. And the Rebbe says, ule yesh l'chalak, Rebbe tzorachi and k'tas, with the Tzorachian, we understand why it's only Ktas is another question. But at the Tzorachian, what does it mean that Hashem gave a, a command, did not give a commandment for no purpose? Here we have a mitzvah, Hashem gave it, and it's never going to happen. So why is it that they are a miklat, that I'm so sure that, that it's going to happen because the Abish that doesn't give a commandment, we see the Ben Seder Rameda never happened, and we see that the Aramiklat is, uh, the, excuse me, the Yerendach is never going to happen. So, why is it we can say that the, the other things that are also not going to happen? Why is that I'm so sure? And the Rebbe doesn't go into it. The Rebbe doesn't go into it. Um, but there are many, many questions on what does the Gemara mean by the Reish Vakabal and why is it only Tzarech and Ketzas, and why is it not a huge Tzarech and if the Rebbe has an answer, why is it only Ule Yesh L'chalik? and if it's only Ule Yesh L'chalik? so that seems to undermine the entire Sikha. It's not just a side question. This is something which is fundamental to the whole proof of the Rambam. So, um, just one thing I thought that I'd share with you. I'm not sure I haven't answered all of these questions myself, and I didn't really go through the Gemara with all the Mepharshim to see how it is that they learn. But uh, the Pashtis... You can differentiate between a mitzvah and mitzvah leisase. That when you have something which you want to prevent, even though it's a mitzvah it's not the word mitzvah say mitzvah leisase. You have a mitzvah also in these areas. But when you have something that you have to, um, you're trying to prevent. You're trying to prevent a ben seder You're trying to prevent a rebellious child. You're trying to prevent a city from becoming idolatrous. So that's a whole different story. If the people don't make irni dachas because of the commandment and the Torah, why is that l'teyu? People see how serious the whole idea of irni dachas is, and the children see how serious the idea of a ben seirumera is. So they don't become a ben seirumera. So why is that l'teyu? Adarab, that has its effect. It had the effect of keeping people away from doing it. You could ask this in all prohibitions of the Torah. So nobody eats chazer. The commandment not to eat chazer is l'teyu. The Torah told you not to eat chazer. People don't eat chazer. It was not l'teyu. It achieved its desired result. And you have to fulfill this mitzvah. So then if we don't have the opportunity to fulfill it, so then the Abish doesn't give a mitzvah like that. 
perhaps that's the one of the ways we can differentiate here. Beit Zorachim.